What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Bonjour, no. Bonjour, no. How are you? This I'm evening? doing all right, I suppose. Great. It's been chillier than I was. It has. Expecting. It was warm. Then it got cold again. It's great. I'm loving it. The day should never start warmer than it ends. That's not acceptable. I don't know. I like that sometimes. I hate it. Chilling Can't out, and you're just like, it. oh, this is a nice warm day. Then by the end of the day, it's fall temps. These sleeves are see through. Well, I see, didn't prepare. That sounds properly. like a you problem. Hey, shut up. <laughs> 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 oh, man. But alongside clothes and what to wear in the proper weather, we like to talk about video games here at Team Chat Podcast, where we're a weekly video game show where we talk about, yeah, duh, games. The ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many others. You can check out teamchatpodcast.com slash where to listen to find a complete list. You can also watch a video version of each episode on YouTube and Twitch. So check those out. Links are in the description below. And we're also on social media. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We even have a Discord channel that you can join. And finally, we're a completely listener-supported show. So if you're really enjoying what we're creating for you each and every week, head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where it's for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show, and in return, we'll give you a cool perk, like getting the episodes early, or perks, really. It's more than one. You get the episodes early before the General Tuesday release, and access to a private channel on our Discord server, The Rogues Gallery. You can use that channel to rant at us, like, every time Jared gets the intro a little bit wrong. A little bit wrong. Any other little mess-ups? Yeah, if you get just something any wrong, of well, Whatever them. you want to do. Big, Throw small. Throw the, uh, the pitchfork and torch emoji that we it's have the in there. Pitch the pitch torch? torch. Well, I was explaining it for the people unfamiliar. But yeah, we've got a nice little pitch torch emoji yeah. that people like to throw at us a lot. It's a lot of fun. We enjoy it a lot. We love all you patrons. Thank you. We love you. For, for real, though, in all seriousness, we do. We love you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, before we get into the main topic of today, let's get a little bit of news, find out what's coming out soon. In, ooh, bless you, Fender. Our producer is got a in the house today. <laughs> but uh, let's find out what's coming out soon and some other gaming news from around the industry. All right, quick recap from last week. Things that came out that you may not have immediately seen. Blaze Blue Central Fiction came out for the Switch on February 7th. On February 8th, you got God Eater 3 for PS4 and PC. Also on the 8th, you got Monster Energy. Energy Supercross 2. What is it with these names these days, man? Back in Are those my all for day. Switch or like, you know. No, this one's for PS4, <laughs> Xbox One, Switch, and PC. I don't know. Uh, and games then, are, I mean, there are so many games. I know. You know, you gotta you gotta find those original titles. So we're you're gonna laugh when I read this next one All then right, because on, on as of this episode's air date on February twelfth, we have coming out the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince for PS4 and Switch. I don't know what this game is the about. The Liar Princess and the Blind Prince. I instantly want to check it out. Like, just the name. I'm fascinated. Uh, also on the 12th, uh, this episode's air date, we have Trials Rising for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Coming very soon, just in time for Valentine, Valentine's Day, question mark. Snuggle up with your boo. Civilization Six Gathering Storm for the PC. I'm not Definitely really sure that that's... It's not going to be on Mac yet. I can't... I can't mean, it's got multiplayer. PC. You can snuggle up with your boo and play some Civilization Six. You know, if you're both in separate rooms and you've both got your own kingdoms. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds it's about totally right. It's totally doable. <laughs> and then coming extra soon, on February 15th, we have Crackdown 3. There we go. For finally Xbox One. Out. Yeah, finally. For Xbox One and PC. Also on the 15th, another finally, Metro Exodus. Mm. For PS- oh, yeah, we're getting into the big February Yeah, releases. yeah, we really February's are. February's a big month. 
Apparently so. Uh, that's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Also on the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one that I know Jared is excited about. Um, Far Cry New Dawn. I am excited for that one. Comes out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Don't know if it's going to be a day one purchase, but I'm still pretty excited. To get yeah, you should on wait it. it out. See see what the um, the people think. Well, it's not even so much what I'm expecting the people to think. I like the Far Cry series. Um And I'm hoping that this one maybe gives itself a chance to redeem Far Cry 5. Mm, So I have some hopes for it. But it's also the next week is Anthem. Ah, yes. Save your money, dude. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of excited for Anthem. Is Anthem really coming out the week after next? 22nd. Oh, my God. That's too soon. I know. It's too soon. That's too soon. (laughs) I'm going to be on vacation when it comes out. So I'm going to have to wait until I get back. Sucks for you. Start grinding out, grinding through some levels and getting some loot. Bummer. But, uh, Hopefully yeah. they'll have some uh, microtransactions that you can take advantage of to get yourself an edge. Cosmetic on. only. Mm. So therefore, no pay to win. That's what they say. Thanks, but yeah. <laughs> said no one ever. <laughs> I just said it. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a couple other quick little news stories to go through before we jump to the main topic. Uh, the first one is that it was announced today as of this recording, February 7th, 2019. And this is uh, from a Polygon article that we're getting this by Owen S. Good. It is Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, and more PC classics are making console debuts this year. Quick pause. You have to say this person's name as Owen's Good. Owen's Good. Yeah, that just seems more accurate. That might actually be what he was going for. It probably is. (laughs) But anyway, so to quote this article, a slew of classic computer role-playing games, including Planescape, Torment, Neverwinter Nights, and multiple entries in the Baldur's Gate series, which were incredibly popular when they came out. I feel like Baldur's Gate is the one that's going to get the most people to pay attention. Oh, absolutely. Will be playable on consoles for the first time. Not even going to PC. Not getting remasters on PC. Consoles, Consoles for the first time later this year. Beamdog, the developer behind the existing PC editions of these titles, announced the news Thursday in conjunction with Skybound Games. The ports will be the enhanced versions of Baldur's Gate, originally launched in 1998, Baldur's Gate 2, Shadows of M in 2000, Baldur's Gate, Siege of Dragonspear in 2016, Icewind Dale. I didn't realize Baldur's Gate was still going on. Icewind Dale from 2000, Neverwinter Nights 2002, and Planescape Torment from 1999. You know, I think I vaguely know Planescape. That sounds the most familiar out of those last three from like Neverwinter-esque I know you're... See, and the reason why I really like wanted to talk about this tonight mm. and you're going to give me shit for it so i'm going to go ahead and throw it out mm, there oh god Baldur's gate is a game that one a couple of my friends played growing up and i never had a chance to and i've always still wanted to so now gotcha. there's a chance for me to be able to really play on the console i only say you're going to give me shit about it because it's adding to my already incredible backlog that well you know. so that's but a, still it's kind of like a re-release that's a little bit of a difference though in my mind because if you didn't play something two years ago and it's in the backlog i feel like that's different than hey when i was a kid i didn't have access to this and i wish i had okay i take it back for example like there were a lot more entries in the unreal tournament series that i wish i had had i had had access to but i was like 10 to 13 right. and my parents were like whoa that game's rated <laughs> m no. yeah so it was a hard no right. so those are the kinds of things where i won't give you shit oh. for going back because it's Never like mind. Man, I take it back everybody you I didn't apologize. have the access it's a matter of access right. so if now you're getting to go back and enjoy something that all the other kids got to do i get it man so it looks like it's gonna be a, it looks like it's a pretty fun deal uh so that's pretty much the big news there those should be coming out all later this year so uh, that's gonna, that's going to be pretty soon to see when all these release dates start dropping for those. I wonder though, are they going to be like a bundle? I don't know. Who's publishing them? 
it'll be sky skybound and in, in skybound still. but I so it's a wonder if they'll be like if they'll be bundling these all together or like i mean i could see the Baldur's gate series at least being bundled. considering how old these titles are by now a bundle i think would make more sense i would think so i mean how much money could they possibly make on releasing them independently they, of each other they bundle like the Ezio trilogy from, Asa- yeah, from exactly. assassin's creed you know yeah, they did I, that I, I, I think bundles as a business model at least would make more sense even a remastered bundle it wasn't even yeah, like the old ones it true. was a remaster uh, so anyway, then the other big news, which I think, and I, this one I wanted to spend a little bit more time on, it was announced earlier last week, February 6th, that Microsoft Studios is changing its name to a more fun-sounding Xbox Game Studios. Now, this I is, from, this like is a that, CNET article by Sean Keane. <laughs> I feel like the article title is at least a little bit sarcastic. <laughs> more fun-sounding in what way? <laughs> right. Well, and so the, the big deal is, you know, and so the, the thing to me, though, this necessarily, you can go read this article and, and see all this stuff because they now have, Xbox has now been able to, or Microsoft, I should say, has been able to garner a very impressive roster of studios. They, at E3 last year in 2018, they announced that they were able to acquire five more studios, one of those being Ninja Theory, right. which made Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. So their full list, right now they're sitting, according to this article, 13 developers. They have 343 Industries, which is Halo. That's the big bad. Coalition Gears, makes Col- Gears of War. Compulsion Games. two big bads. Compulsion Games made We Happy Few. The Initiative, newly formed studio. In Exile Entertainment, they made Wasteland 3. Minecraft, uh, Ninja, th- or Mojang. That one's impressive. That's impressive, too. Ninja Theory, Obsidian Entertainment, which made Fallout New Vegas. Playground Games, Forza Horizon, Rare, Sea of Thieves, Turn 10 Studios, Forza Motorsport, Undead Labs, State of Decay, and Xbox Global Publishing Group. That's an impressive list. It of really studios. is. I mean, of these, just looking on the list, um, 343, uh, Ninja Theory, Minecraft, and Rare. Rare has a really nice roster of previous games that mm-hmm. it's made. And a long I established mean, studio. They're a very long established studio. I feel like those alone are enough to potentially carry what we hope will be, I think and this is your point, we hope that this will translate in terms of the change in what they're calling the studio for mm-hmm. Xbox games. What are they calling it? They're Xbox, calling it Xbox Game, game Studios. Studio. It used to be Microsoft Studios. My, my hope and your hope, I think, is both that this will lead to more exclusive IPs for Xbox. Right. And not only just exclusives, because, I mean, you can have an exclusive, and that doesn't mean it's going to be good. I mean, that's what's been somewhat... Xbox's history or the Xbox One history is not great exclusives. And we've talked about this. We've had several actually episodes in the past about Microsoft and Xbox specifically being like, what's their game plan here? Especially when they announced what's their Games Pass. Game? <laughs> <laughs> the puns. But so that's my point though. And what the point I was making in those old episodes is that it seems that Xbox has been slowly developing these peripherals and add-on services and accessories such as even too like the uh, the accessibility the the accessible gamepad that they came out with for the Xbox one they're making these strides to build a foundation they acquired all these studios now they brought all these stu- ninja theory those five studios at e3 they brought those into the fold now and with that impressive list and that impressive impressive history of what these companies have made I think within the next couple of years we're gonna start seeing some incredibly good Xbox exclusives. I think the the whatever next gen console, the Xbox or whatever whatever they're going to call it, I think it's going to give PS4 a run for its money. Exclusives. I I really 
I don't necessarily agree out of the gate, but I definitely agree in that that is my hope. Right. We talked about this way back when we did the E3 2018 recap episode. This is what we're hoping for. You know, it, it it's always kind of fun to like shit on the other uh, major console that you don't like because you right. only own PS4. Yeah, you don't to, own to Xbox. To be clear, for new, newer listeners, Mogan and I are more, oh, yeah, more yeah. PS4. Um, I have never owned Xbox consoles ever uh but part of the reason that i haven't done so is that xbox has never been the exclusive owner of any games or game series that i have substantially wanted to get my hands on and that's not to say that xbox doesn't make good games it's just to say that they've never made anything that is for me Mm -hmm. and i'm putting that in air quotes here so if they're able to make a more diverse offering of games that are exclusive to xbox or maybe exclusive out of the gate to xbox i think that that's what they need to be able to stay competitive in the long run and i do hope that this is what all of this means i and i think that's what it's it's leaning towards too i do have the xbox an xbox as well and i and i've just wanted to let like halo 5 was just kind of a letdown and and i haven't gotten as many of the other stuff the xbox is more for me even though i play it and do keep it up it's more of the one like uh like before i upgraded my my hard drive on my ps4 i was more like i have the xbox i'll get this game for it so i don't because i have more memory (laughs) yeah so and i play and so that's kind of how it was but now if it ever gets to the point where i'm like oh do i want to go play this one or do i want to be on this one i feel like that's going to be mildly infuriating because i have to like choose but still fun to have to have to be able to make that choice and i do agree that it does seem like all of these incremental changes over the past what five years right seem like they are this laying of a ground of a framework i just really hope that they build something amazing on top of i do too i do too so that's all that now we're going to move into our main topic, which is really about some of the biggest news from the last week. We touched on it briefly from the last on the last episode because it had literally just been announced before we recorded it, and we recorded that last Sunday. Uh, and that is Apex Legends, which I think, at least based on my, I haven't got, I myself haven't gotten my hands on the game quite yet, even though it is free to play. I just haven't had the time. Right. But I will say that of the news that I keep up with, my general feeling is that Apex Legends made much more of a splash than people seem to have been right. anticipating. And I love it when like these stories come out and it's like, ha ha, mofos, we did better than you thought. So tell me about Apex Legends. So there's a lot of aspects to this, and I've I've played the game. I honestly, though, think you will like it. You think so? I think you will. Because I did play a little bit of Titanfall 2, and at the outset, when people realized that... Um Who's developing Apex Legends? Respawn. Respawn. I was trying to say Recore, even though I knew that wasn't correct. Respawn, everybody was like, why are they making Apex Legends instead of Titanfall 3? Right. Well, you know, what if they did EA sucks? We don't want that game. (laughs) Yeah, it's the vicious cycle. Right. Uh, So I feel like it definitely has made a more of a positive impact on people than they were expecting, even though Apex Legends doesn't have all the hallmarks of Titanfall that people are fans of, most notably the mechs. But I'm hearing that this is obviously more than compensated for by the gameplay. 
Yes. And so, granted, I've only spent a, like, I've spent a lot of time in Apex Legends. I've actually. I was about to say, every time I logged in, you were on Apex Legends. I've been, because I was, well, I was trying to get as much time in before we recorded so I could have more to talk about. So, I've played with every, all the Legends except for the two that are locked still because you either have to buy them or level up enough where you earn enough to be able to buy buy them. And are the Legends the characters I'm missing? Legends here. Yeah. And so, um, I have played it enough and I've actually. And so I don't want to give like a final, obviously I don't feel like I've spent enough time to be like, it's a 10 out of 10. So I'm, this isn't like a full on review. I need more time in the game before I do that. But this is, I guess, first impressions. I was going to say, we at. have a word for, we that, a word for that. We have a category for that. So this is a first impressions of Apex Legends. Uh, and, and, but the reason why I think you'll like it before I jump to that. So Apex Legends, for those who don't know, developed by, by Respawn, published by EA. Uh, it is a free-to-play Battle Royale game. It has 60, 60 players in the Battle Royale, but it's comprised of 20 squads of three players. And you uh, all op- you operate as a team, and you do all this stuff. It's very squad, it's squad-based and oriented in how you go about it. But the big thing that makes it different, and this is why I think you'll like it, is because these are class-based heroes similar to Overwatch. See, I've heard people say that it feels like a blend of Overwatch and PUBG. I would agree. Man. Because it's very it very much it it takes in the the aspects of PUBG and even Blackout. The Call of Duty Blackout, where you run around the map and you're picking up a gun, and then you'll find these attachments. You can pick things up and slowly upgrade your armor. You'll slowly upgrade your your weapons, and hopefully, if you live long enough to make it to the final, if you live, long if you live long enough, <laughs> the big part there to make it to the final circle, you should be pretty well equipped and have like really intense firefights and all this. So that stays the same. But then these heroes, the legends, like I said, they each have a, each one has a specific ability. So one of the guys that I've liked playing the most, let me actually just read the list of the names of these guys really quick, just so we know. Now, as you're doing that, can I just confirm for the listeners? Mm-hmm. Definitely not for me, because I def- did my home- homework beforehand. <laughs> you definitely played. Definitely <laughs> played. Uh, which of the consoles and or computers is uh, this game Yes, for? thank you. It is for PS4, Xbox, and PC. There you go. No cross-play yet and unfortunately not for switch which Fortnite does at this point have over apex right Legends. which i believe i'm not 100 percent sure but i think i saw some rumblings today that like they would like it to be that there. they might they okay might. i like but the we'll, sound we'll of that see. uh but anyway well, Fortnite wasn't and that's not confirmed switch, I, I just th- feel like i saw that so don't put too much stock in that at all uh so the the legends that we got today for there there are so far there are eight more will be coming later as they do roll out seasons like Fortnite has and PUBG and all these other things. Uh, but the main legends are Bangalore, professional soldier, bloodhound, technological tracker, caustic, toxic trapper, Gibraltar, shielded fortress, uh, lifeline, combat medic, mirage, holographic trickster, pathfinder, forward scout and wraith, interdimensional skirmisher. Now, the two that are locked are when you first get the game are Mirage and Caustic. Oh, okay. Um, so I've played Bangalore, Bloodhound, Gibraltar, Lifeline, Pathfinder, and Wraith. Gibraltar appears to be your tank. He is. is. And so that's the thing. They are there are DPS, there are defense, and there are medics. So okay. Bangalore. Oh, and then one recon so far. So there's Bangalore and Wraith are your assault DPS classes. Lifeline and Pathfinder are your medics. Uh, Bloodhound is your recon is the one recon and then caustic and Gibraltar are our defense. Oh, oh really? and then Mirage is also a DPS. Gotcha. So I would assume then the next legends to come will probably be either new more trackers and probably another, another, uh, 
DPS or tank. I, I would, would say they need another tank. Now, of these, the uh, recon or medic, I suppose, that is Pathfinder, mm-hmm. so adorable. Look at him with his happy little, little smiley happy, face and his yeah. like fancy wave. I like the I like the look of this non-gender specific robot <laughs> so i'm not gonna throw it you know like go and and tell everything but it's just like so the one i played the most with is gibraltar oh, nice. and so he is uh also hilarious like the all these characters are great they all have these great voice lines some are really funny like you know gibraltar is uh, is a, a pacific islander and so he like oh, he really? does like the haka when you like gear when you just select really? him and stuff it's awesome oh that's awesome it's so cool uh and the life lifeline of uh, I believe is Jamaican. I think if I'm if I'm familiar right, and then a bloodhound. I believe is German from his from their accent. Oh, okay, and then yeah, but anyway, so there's a lot of different stuff. So taking Gibraltar, he has an ability where he can throw a bubble shield for, and it protects you from damage for so 15 he's seconds. Zarya. And then <laughs> no, it's like a gotcha. big dome. It's more Winston style. Oh, okay, gotcha. And so, and he when you aim down sights, he puts up an arm shield that helps protect him from Reinhardt. damage. And then he also, it's just little tiny. See, but you're seeing you're seeing the similarities here. So, so, so you're getting my point. I gotcha. Uh, and then and then they all have an ultimate ability that that charges up, and then you What's can use. What's the alt on the gamepad? It is uh, left and right bumper at the same time. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so, like Gibraltar is a big. It's like a missile. It's a it's a, like a missile launch, but basically, like all these missiles will land, but then not explode, and then they start like exploding all over. Oh, so it gets fancy. crazy, but it just covers this huge, massive area. So you'll activate it, and then you have to like throw a canister that like shows where it to land and all oh, that stuff. Oh, kind of like activating a sea of landmines. Yes, ooh, that's kind fancy. Of. So it's pretty. It's pretty sweet, and it, you know, and tying all these things together, and it's already been really fun seeing how you can combine all the different heroes together. Because again, you're playing with three with two other people. You're forced to be in a squad there's not a solo mode for this game so i'm sorry squads are only three people, three people. oh okay i got you and you cannot have duplicate legends on your squad <gasps> see that's good so it p- forces you learn from overwatch's mistakes at the beginning and for forces real. you to have to each person to choose their own thing so I'm trying, let me collect where i'm at now. As you so, collect where you're at, I just want to say that that's a feature of Overwatch that I feel like people have willfully forgotten. Yeah. Is that you used to be able to hero stack. Oh, my God. And nobody remembers at so this point. Because they got rid of it, what feels like it so quickly. Quick. But I feel like for at least the first few months. Yeah. Like, what, six months maybe? Me, I don't know if maybe it was that four. long. Maybe like three to four, yeah. Yeah. But hero stacking was a thing, and you'd have a team it was of so six Hanzos. It was so hard. It was the best. It was fun but like it was like fun. it definitely had its, its it, it definitely had its benefits but then i i totally get the people who were like i'm trying to play this i can't what I'm yeah just, it's, it's like a madhouse. it's not conducive to proper team building which is more of a problem in teams of six as right. opposed to teams of three but all the same i just feel like that's a fun thing that kids these days won't remember and it's oh, like exactly. you weren't there you don't know but so one of the other big things that was a a huge makes this stand out from the other battle royales is its communication system, which it refers to in a ping is what you, so you can basically like ping locations, objects, enemies, really whatever, but it's all the same button. So you just do. So if you see a, say you see an enemy running along way far off, you can just aim at it and hit ping the R one button on, on PS four and it will mark its location and, and on the map and in, 
on your minimap and on the map in front of you in your field of view for everybody else to see on your team. I Same you. thing. You, and then say you find a weapon. You're already loaded out. You don't need it, but you want to tell your, your teammates about it. You ping the weapon. It says this specific weapon is here. Not like a weapon is here. So a peacekeeper oh. is, one, is a shotgun. So you can ping it. It'll be like peacekeeper here. And then one of your other teammates can look in your direction, see the ping, put their own marker, you know, aim at the ping themselves, ping, and it'll say, I want that. It basically, like call dibs. Oh. So they created this in really intricate and simple communication system that will could allow teams to completely communicate even without voice chat. I which really I think like is the great. sound of that. Because I've actually played with my mic most of the time when I played this. And and I have done a couple to, a couple matches without it. And like I never have felt that it seemed dis- there've been a couple games where like it's been one person's gone off to do their own thing. We're scattered, we're not in the right place, we're not where we should be. That's happened. But for the most part, I feel like every almost every game I've played, the squad, which has been all randoms except for the few the like handful of matches I've played with friends, I haven't had like a bad experience with it. Like everybody's been really cool that I've shadowed with, but it's just still with using this communication system. If I didn't want to feel my use my mic, I wouldn't feel bad about it, even if my other squad mate because had the communication system the that's built in is so, so efficient. Yeah. That that's a really interesting. You sounding can literally system. tag anything you want. I will it's say so that like cool. the more you're telling me about it, the more interested I actually no, really I, am. This is what I mean, and this is what I posted on our Discord. I said, "Hey, Overwatch crowd, you're gonna like this because it's it really is, and it has a few other features that other battle royales don't. So, for example, you there will be these there are basically these hot air balloons all around the map, and they have ropes attaching the the hot air balloon to the ground. Well, you can run up to that rope. Ride it all the way up to the top and then redeploy out to try to get get oh, some extra ground. Okay. If you die, you can be knocked down, which in this one too, you can pick up a knockout a knockdown shield, which if you're down, you can still hold a shield up to basically try to protect you for a little bit more before they can try to t- do the final finish. But even if you get completely knocked out, you're knocked down and then they kill you, you can still have your banner recovered. From from your body, your banner. So it's basically just your marker, basically. That's in. The, so all your equipment when you drop, when you get knocked down, is in a crate, and basically your oh. like banner is in that crate. And, and so you can then take that banner important? to a respawn point, and your team can respawn you back into the game. Oh, so they as need, long as the rest of your squad is not eliminated. I see. So your teammates need your banner mm-hmm. to be able to take it to a respawn point, and then you get to jo- rejoin the game. Exactly. Oh, okay. You I don't see. have any gear. You have to completely find your gear again, but you could go back and find your dead body and find your box. Which I guess is more fun than just having to sit there and be on, what's it called? Observation Yeah, just spectating and stuff like that. Spectating, I couldn't think of the word. And be on spectator for what, 10 more minutes? Yeah, however long the rest of the thing is. So, I mean, there is a, a set time limit they have to recover your banner. But still, it's like 80 seconds or something. It's a long time. A fair, so if they're really close by, they're probably going right. to be able to recover your banner, assuming they have the ability to fend off whoever killed you. Exactly. And so here's the thing about this. So I've, I've talked about all this gameplay. I've talked about all these different things. Now, how does this tie into Titanfall? Because yes, here we sit. Tell me about you know, this. There's all this stuff. There's obviously no Titans. You're not playing as main characters from the game. What's going on here? So this actually takes place post the events, and I'm pretty sure it's like 20, 30 years after Titanfall 2. Okay. The big war that was going on in the frontier is over, you know, and now this is basically just like a game. It's kind of actually what I was playing with somebody on the 
I was playing with some with somebody, and he actually said it's like the Hunger Games kind really? of, really, where it's huh. more like this competition, not necessarily like a war setting. So it's the Apex Predators were a mercenary group in Titanfall Two. You actually fought against them in the main campaign. You actually see in the intro video that their leader Blisk from Titanfall Two. He's he's like now an old man, but he's in the intro video. So they're like, it's basically these competitors these legends of the outer world come together to compete in this arena for money glory loot whatever and so that's kind of the setting of this game and so it takes place in the titanfall universe now true there aren't titans and why aren't there titans that seems like a big thing everybody's like what what's going on with this so So titans for those of you that aren't familiar with the titanfall series are your giant mechs and from the titanfall games the mechs are like the draw so it it was kind of a uh, big deal in the fan base that Respawn was coming out with this new game that was loosely based on Titanfall that didn't include the actual Titans. Yep. So to answer that question, uh, IGN talked to the hold on, let me see his name. His executive produ- the executive producer of Apex Legends, Drew McCoy. This is here's why there are no Titans in Apex Legends by Lucy O'Brien and Brandon Tyrell on IGN. So basically, according to Drew McCoy, he says, quote, during development of Apex Legends, we prototyped a lot of stuff, said McCoy. Having come from Titanfall 2, we tried wall running because that was another big feature of Titanfall 2. Wall running was the thing in Titanfall 2 that I never got the hang of. It's hard to get the hang of. I mean, I didn't get the hang of anything, to be fair. But even if I had, I still wouldn't have got the hang of wall running. I I will say this. The combat and movement of Titanfall 2 is very fast, it's very so chaotic. Fast. Oh my gosh. But then once you get it down, it feels really good. Apex Legends has incorporated a lot of that, such as, for example, you can run and then you can crouch slide and that'll get you a little faster. You can actually, like, if you're going down a hill, you can crouch slide and you will slide down the whole thing and go really fast. If you holster your weapon, you'll run faster. Oh. And so different things like that, especially when you're Gibraltar, he's slow. Oh. So that's good. <laughs> but also, you know, you have to, like, pick the right time to do that because right. obviously it can put you in danger. But back to the article, uh, he said... Where we go. The wall running and double jumping and triple jumping, all sorts of crazy stuff. And the goal of the game from a development standpoint was to create something strategic and masterable and learnable and very deep. And a lot of those mechanics were detrimental to those goals. The Titans made combat very hard to read, continued McCoy, which is why Respawn decided to have three characters per team as opposed to a four-man or five-man squad. Quote again from McCoy, because the combat encounters were getting too complex and too hairy where you couldn't mentally keep track of where everyone was and the state of all the stuff. So we talked about our action block phase of development. That's actually something we take with us throughout the whole process of development. It's not just prototyping. It's also iteration. We play test the game for hours every day so that we can be making sure that we're hitting our goals as far as what this type of game is trying to accomplish. So for this game, the depth of the game and the strategy of the game, it really was the, the linchpin on deciding these mechanics. And so uh, basically the final thing they say here, he says, we prototyped approximately bazillion ways of having Titans in this game. Very uh, brass tacks metric bazillion. <laughs> bazillion. It's a very <laughs> uh, accurate number. Uh, the reality was there were, there were, an, they were an incredible unbalancing factor, which I totally understand. When, I mean, from playing Titanfall, Titanfall 2, especially 2 in multiplayer, definitely was chaotic. Oh yeah. And you drop a Titan, you become, unless there are other Titans on the field, you become pretty unstoppable. Yeah. And so that's what they continue to go on at this point. Uh, 
McCoy says they were meant to be a gigantic, a giant power up for a period of time. Whereas battle Royale games and specifically apex legends are trying to be much more level playing field. When we tried Titans that weren't as powerful or had kind of gotchas to them, it really ruined that power fantasy of what a Titan should be. And at that point, why well, have them in the game? So for us, we don't put anything in the game unless we think it fits and makes the game better. I so, really like that reasoning. I do too. And I totally understand it. Like honestly, when they said it and I heard that, and I heard the news that there were not going to be Titans in, in apex legends, I was initially, uh, but then I thought about it, but wait, because it really having a Titan and building up and being able to gain a Titan in Titanfall two multiplayer was a ridiculous power up. And I, so I completely understand why it doesn't make sense, why it doesn't make sense because I can't imagine all of the things that you have to account for when trying to make a battle Royale fair. Exactly. I mean, so it works in Titanfall two and in Titanfall with having the, uh, Titans, I just keep wanting to call them mechs. It works because it is multiplayer, but it's not Battle Royale. There aren't 60 people right. in a match. I agree that with an actual Battle Royale type sandbox game, you have to account for factors that are going to make it less fun when you scale it up that much in terms of who's participating. Right. So it makes sense. Absolutely. I, th- I think so too. And so the other big thing from this that people were then therefore upset about is, well, what's up with Titanfall 3? And Jason Schreier of Kotaku, he tweeted out uh, not long after the the launch of Apex Legends. He said, so we can't confirm. He said, so that I can't confirm Titanfall 3 was absolutely in development. On Saturday, I speculated that either A, Apex Legends was a stopgap stop before Titanfall 3, or B, Titanfall 3 had morphed into this. And now it's for, it was confirmed that it was Titanfall 3 morphed into Apex Legends. Okay. But then... There seems to be a little bit more. Maybe Titanfall 3 isn't completely dead because the creator of Titanfall is Vince Zampella. He tweeted out. I had it pulled up and now I lost it. There it is. Uh, so he said he tweeted on February 5th, quote, tons of things planned for play Apex and the fu- for Apex Legends in the future. We are also committed to listening to player feedback. We are also working on more Titanfall for later in the year. Yes, I said the T word. We love being able to experiment in this crazy universe. So. Does that mean Titanfall 3 is dead completely? Does it mean that it's going to be a different iteration of a Titanfall game on something else on another platform, perchance? We don't know. But for now, I think, though, that it goes a little bit more than this played that they were developing Titanfall 3 and then decided, you know what, we really want to get on this Battle Royale craze. I think that probably had some... This is my personal predictions here, or my, my thoughts here, that I think that had some bearing. But also, on this same weekend... And I don't think these are correlated. I don't think that this this next bit of news that I'm about to read came out and then EA was like, that's it. Drop Apex Legends now. Is that basically, according on over the weekend, EA came out and, and had their earnings report for their Q3 2018. And according to the CNET article by Lauren Feiner on February 5th, EA fell more than 14% after hours after reporting its third quarter 2019 earnings. The company reported a revenue miss of $1.61 billion versus estimate of $1.75 billion, according to Refinitiv. Earnings were $1.95 per share, X items compared to the annals. Well, that's a lot of mumbo-jumbo. Basically, they didn't hit their goal. I don't yeah. understand what all that means after it gets more into the stock market talk. But so here's what I think. Titanfall 2 didn't perform as well as they wanted it to. I also think, though, that's partially on EA's fault for launching it the exact same weekend as Battlefield 1. For real. Battlefield 1 was obviously going to have a bigger audience than Titanfall 2, and I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot there. But if they've overall been seeing that they're dropping in their revenue, what is a really quick way an apparent cash cow? Oh, 
Battle, Battle Royale. Which, but then you also need one that's going to be done well. Who does that really well? Well, Respawn makes really great games. So that makes sense that they would task this with Respawn to do it. But, and so I think that, yes, it was, I think they originally were going to make Titanfall 3. And I think the Battle Royale was going to be a component of, battle, of Titanfall 3. But then when Titanfall 2 didn't do what they... I mean, and this decision probably came way after Titanfall 2 didn't do as well. It's not like I don't think they were developing at the, at the same time. Right. They might have been. I don't know. I doubt it. Doubt it. But I think that it was made that, that EA has seen these earnings. They know they have a studio that, has, that is well-known for making great games. They have a studio that has is well-versed in combat mechanics and how to handle that on a large scale and in, in a various different fun ways. And I think they were like, we need to tap into this. Hey everybody, just wanted to provide a quick update to this story from additional news that came after we recorded. So Patrick Dees on February 8th tweeted that EA is now trading north of $96. Apex Legends and Seagull handedly brought back the entire loss from EA's quarterly reporting. It was at $80.21 on the 6th of February. Since Patrick tweeted that on February 8th, EA is now currently sitting and today is the 11th. EA is currently sitting at $104.14 a share, which is an incredible jump from a company that had dropped so far after their earnings report. So just want to share that additional bit of news. Back to the episode. And so I think that there was a bit more of a, you know, like not only, I don't think they were getting into the Battle Royale craze as much as they were trying to boost their bottom line. Yeah, I agree. And from all that, from all the results, though, it looks like they accomplished that. I mean, granted, it's free to play. We don't know how much money has actually been spent because right now you can only you can use real money to buy cosmetic items and their loot crates. Which another fun little aspect that I think is good. It gives you probabilities of, of what you're going to get. Oh, really? Yeah, like percentages. Not percentages, but it's like uh, like this is this one in three will have blah blah blah. So I basically am just saying that, like, and I hope I'm getting my point across that. It's it's interesting that these two things happened at the same time that we hear about this this earnings drop, but then also they they able to time this with this like perfectly perfectly timed launch of this game that has the if the momentum that it's carrying out the gate continues like so my extreme, they're going to be, be making some money. I would be shocked if they don't eventually adopt a model similar to that of Fortnite, where they introduce a battle pass. Oh yeah, because they're going to do seasons. Yeah, they're definitely going to do that at some point. And once that eventually comes through, it probably will be. If Apex Legends continues its popularity streak, it probably will be quite a cash cow for you. Oh, absolutely. And so I think that might help in some of their others, in some of their other areas. And you know, we'll we'll see what what comes with that. And who but knows? So far, maybe the earnings on Apex Legends will eventually lead to more of an invest, investment in Titanfall Three. Right. We because don't know that people, for sure. But that's a very good point. It could very much do that. They maybe needed this to be like, okay, we need to bounce back from the loss of Titanfall Two, get people interested in this world again. And again, what's the fast way to do that? Battle Royale. Right. So. I think EA was pretty was actually really smart in how they handled this, and I think they were smart in what studio they entrusted this to. Because so far, like, I haven't had, I haven't had glitches. I've seen people talk about like crashes and things that I haven't had any. I haven't had anything like negative really to say yet. Dude, the running joke. Of oh wait, Splat- I do have one, but finish your thought. Oh, the running joke of Splatoon and Splatoon Two is that every time you're in a Splatfest, probably like every five to eight games. 
it will crash and kick you out of the lobby. <laughs> like it happens all yeah. the time. And everybody's just like, not fine with it per se, but we deal you with just it. So it's like, if that's the kind of problems people are reporting, as long as it's not every single game, sure. Right. I'll take a couple of lobby crashes a night versus being able to play a good game for oh, yeah. free. Why oh, yeah. not? And so, uh, but so not, all, you know, where was I going to go with this next? The, Oh, so the one negative I have had is that I, I would like it if they could pump up footstep audio just a smidge. Oh, really? Have even you been with headsets. With your, okay, that's what I was going to yeah, ask. <laughs> even with headphones, which is what I've, like I said, the majority of the games I've played, I've played with chat and all that stuff. And I've had not like game volume really low down and chat really loud. Like it's been fairly balanced. I've been snuck up on and killed so many times. Are you sure the other people aren't crouching? But so, but that this is the thing. I don't know if it's a legit complaint yet, or if it is because they're crouching, or I haven't been able to figure out yet. Just in, in need, just more game time is all that's needed. I'm wondering if certain legends, like say the wraith, who has a more of like a listening teleportation, you know, being in and out. I'm wondering if like certain heroes grant a better ability to hear than others. Well, the opposite so, of that would be maybe the Wraith is naturally quieter than the other that's Legends. That's true, too. Man, if they could like put Corvo Atano into Apex Legends, cool. that would be so Figure cool. Figure out some way to work him into the Titanfall yeah, universe. He's basically the Wraith class. He would fit perfectly in there. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. Let me think. What else? There's obviously skins. Obviously, like I said, there are loot boxes. They call them Apex crates uh, that you can buy. And they will give you cosmetic items, skins for your weapons, skins for your characters. And there are actually a ton. You can also, by playing the game, earn in-game money, which then can be used to buy these things. You can you also earn metal shards, what they're called, that you can use to actually craft some of these things. Oh, that's exciting. So there are a lot of, a lot of different ways that you can level up and buy. Again, you don't. I haven't bought anything yet. I might, just to like get a few more things and see what's up, but I don't feel the need to have to buy them. It's obviously not going to affect my gameplay in any way other than I just might want some badass skins for my boy Gibraltar. Right on. But it's actually pretty, it's been a lot of fun, but all the classes have been really fun to play with. It's been fun to mess with all their different abilities to see how to pair them best with everything. Uh, like I said, I definitely think Bangalore's, I mean, not Bangalore, Gibraltar is my favorite. Wraith is really good. I really enjoy playing as her and lifeline is a really fun medic to play because she has this life, this medical pod that basically you throw it up and it'll heal like the whole squad at the same oh, time. That sounds nice. Different stuff like that. Oh, it's it's kind of like a in, grenade. Kind of. Well, no, it's it's actually like a little robot she deploys Aww. and it floats beside you and like attaches a tube to all the squad. And so you have to be within a certain radius for it to work, but still. That's adorable. It is. And so it's just been a hell of a good time. I will probably try it. I think I really think you should. I, I think it sounds really interesting now. I wasn't sure what to make of it, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And another reason why I'm loving it is because I've actually already won a game. I have won like with Fortnite. I've actually won. I've won four games in Fortnite solo, and then I've I haven't won any in Blackout yet. And I I haven't played Blackout near as much as Fortnite. But I got my win in in Apex. What Legends? I think with around my tenth game. Nice. So it's that's what I mean. It's easy to pick up. It's it's really fun to play. The communication. I've never. Felt like I wanted to be on a team with other people more than I have really in this one. Okay, I got you know, you. even with randoms, like it's different when I play with you and Bro Mogan and everything in Overwatch because like we're friends already. We talk, you know, it's fun. But the, it's this is a game where I don't mind and I want to like play with randoms and stuff and like talk and do all that and interact with them and like be the team and all that stuff. So it's you know, I don't know. I'm just having a whole lot of fun with it, and I think right respawn on. again. This is first impression. 
this could change. They could screw it up later. Who knows? It's EA. The other shoe maybe hasn't dropped yet. I don't know. But for now, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So some stats, like I said, it, it appears that Respawn knocked it out of the park. Well, they really did if you look at the numbers because within eight hours, according to Digital Trends, they had racked up over one million unique players in less than eight hours. I mean, that's extremely impressive. That's impressive. No matter what your metric is. But you is. know what's even cooler than that? Three days post-launch, they've hit 10 million players. That's pretty awesome. Holy crap. And that's according to The Verge. Like what? That's in, those are insane numbers. That is really impressive. So I don't know. It's it's great. I hope the people at Respawn are celebrating profusely. Oh, they should be. I hope that they all get a free weekend, that they all get to go out and oh, just yeah. drink themselves silly and then play their own game and enjoy their success. Yeah. It's, Good for you, Respawn. It just looks like they really put paid a lot of attention to other battle royales, saw the issues that other people were having with them, and really just created something unique and yeah, special. I and really like the sound of I it. I really hope that this game sticks around for a long time. So, that's pretty much it. Why don't we have a small round of applause for Apex Legends? And Respawn. Well Golf done. Clap. Golf well clap. done, Indeed. Respawn. Is mine loud enough? Is the mic? I don't know. You might need to be uh, on this side it. of the mic. There you go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my hands are so small. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more to the, 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 the mechanics of the microphone. Same thing. <laughs> Micro- it only picks up from the front. Whatever. The really? Yeah. Gosh, I've never thought about it. Because they're circular. I know. But it, it only picks up from the front. Whatever. It's technology. Technology. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> All right, well, if you're familiar with our show and you know what's coming up next, the Soundtrack Spotlight, and probably as no surprise to anyone, what game are we going to feature? You guessed The it. Legend of Zelda Ocarina exactly. of Time. Exactly. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's Apex Legends. So we're going to be featuring the main theme from Apex Legends, composed by Stephen Barton, the composer of the Titanfall 1 and 2, which also, side note, you should check out those soundtracks because they're great. There's some outstanding themes in there. Uh, what's the one from Titanfall 1 that I really love? Cos- cosmology, I think. Sure. It's great. Cosmetology? No, not cosmetology. <laughs> Makeup and space. No. Man, co- that would I would play that <laughs> <It's> game. Cosmology. <laughs> I think. But that's an impressive track. He has made some great music for that. And Apex Legends is no exception. The drop music is really gets you pumped up. And I think a little bit of that is in the main theme here, so I'll try to include that in our little preview. But if it but if not, you should check it out the full track when I post that to our soundtrack spotlight playlists and stuff later on. But again, Main theme from Apex Legends by Stephen Barton. But that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Once again, I hope everyone who wants to has had a chance to try out Apex Legends. Let us know what you think by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com, commenting below in the audio and video on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, if you join us there. All those things you can find links for in the, in the description below. But I'm one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Sign off. We'll see you all next time. Stay around.